Do you want to kick us off this week? Okie dokie. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Oscar Fever. That's right. We're getting excited. You look good in a tux, Billy. Got my wings in the oven. I got my beers on ice. I'm ready to watch the Oscars, y'all. Mm. In three days. I was going to say, <laughs> those wings are going to be crispy. crispy. I like them crispy. Okay. I like them dry. <laughs> I don't like a lot of flavor on my wings. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. We're here to talk Oscars. Oscars something that I'm equally obsessive about and infuriated by yes yeah, i love the oscars and yet i don't really care who gets them how long have you been uh thinking about your oscar tips here actually maybe not as far as you'd think normally i'd do it a few days beforehand and just kind of sit there in front of the sheet and be like okay. you know try and channel your inner academy member because yeah, right. of course you can't tip like yourself you're of not course going, you're, you're not going for what you think should win no no this year you've actually seen Every single picture that's up for Best Picture. I've seen all of the Best Picture nominees, yeah. yeah. Which this year is nine, which we're both in furious agreement. It's too is many. It's silly. It's too many. It's ridiculous. First up, let's talk about the snubs. Before we talk about who is nominated, let's talk about who's not. Any any major snubs for you? The most glaring one for me, and I think we're probably going to be in furious agreement on this one, yep. is that with some of the things that are up for Best Picture, we don't have the Florida Project. We don't have the Florida Project. The only like i don't think the florida project gets anywhere near enough love in the nominations um i mean yeah it's got best supporting actor it could in my eyes it could have easily had best actress supporting actress screenplay director and best picture they're the ones that i think it should have had and it makes no sense to me that it doesn't <laughs> elsewhere um blade runner 2049 has five nominations okay um, same amount is, as lady isn't enough to get it into best picture um in, in a world where there's nine nominees, Blade Runner would certainly have made mine. I didn't see Blade Runner this year. Hmm. Well, <laughs> nice knowing you. I am furious. I want to vomit with rage that the big sick didn't get anything outside of the screenplay nod. I think this, this could have been up for best picture. I don't think it could have won, but I think it deserves to be in the conversation. And I would have liked to have seen Ray Romano get a supporting nomination because he was great in this movie. And... I don't know. I th- I think it would have just been nice, you know. Like to me, it's disappointing that we, you know, we don't get Ray Romano up there. <laughs> Deborah, I did it. I won the Oscar, Deborah. <laughs> so oh, no. I'm sitting here looking at at who's up for best supporting actor, and I re- like I really liked the Big Sick, not not as much as you, but I liked it, and I thought Ray Romano was good. There's no one who is nominated that I would knock out for Ray Romano. I'm going to be contentious here, and I'm sure you'll disagree with me. I love I love the guy. I love him. I think he's fantastic, but I don't think that Woody Harrelson should have been up for supporting when Ray Romano's not. I, th- I think Woody Harrelson's fantastic, but I think of the ones who are up there for supporting, I, I would have knocked him out. I could certainly knock out Woody Harrelson, but it would be for Michael Stuhlbarg in Call Me By Your Name. People, some people were saying Army Hammer should be up for Call Me By Your Name. Um, no, Michael Stuhlbarg should be. Yeah. Michael Stuhlbarg was in like every good movie this uh, year, I think, basically. I think he was in, everywhere. Is he in three? He's in of three the... of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah, there you go. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty... Good work. <laughs> um, what what are your thoughts on Itonia not getting a Best Picture nomination? I know that you didn't love it, but given that but it's I got it. several acting nominations and it's up for editing, and usually Best Editing is pretty closely linked with Best Picture, yeah. I was surprised to see it not even get a nomination. 
I'm not shocked. You're not shocked? I mean, I told you it was a film that I really liked. Yeah. For me, it doesn't need to be nominated for Best Picture. That's fair enough. Uh, let's talk about Wonder Woman, which I personally don't think was snubbed, but I've seen a lot of people talk about it being snubbed. I don't know what I would have nominated it for. Yeah, I don't think I Wonder think Woman I th- needed to be up, to, nah. to be honest. I mean, like we said in our Black Panther episode, I think it's I think it's a, an important movie. Um, the one, I haven't seen this, uh, but I believe you have. What are your thoughts on Mudbound not getting a Best Picture nod despite being up for a lot of other categories? I Yeah, Mudbound would have been narrowly missing out for me. I, okay. I, I like Mudbound. Yeah, good movie. Uh, for me, wouldn't make the cut for Best Picture nominee. All right. The only other thing I want to talk about before we hop into, you know, our choices, the state of the Oscars, do you think that Hollywood is changing in its in its choices for the Oscars? Like, I'm really glad that there are some interesting fresh movies like Lady Bird, Get Out, that are getting noms. But, you know, they still, they still throw all this... I feel like they could nominate more stuff like that like, I haven't seen The Post or The Darkest Hour, but to me, they just look like cookie-cutter historic. You know, like, to me, there's nothing interesting about a Spielberg historical drama with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. That just sounds so bland to me and, like, Oscar bait. Like, I haven't seen it, so I probably shouldn't comment. But to me, it's like, th- these things just take up spots that could be given to films that actually do interesting things. And if in a world where there was five nominees you kind of cut that out. But do you think they would? This is what yeah, I'm asking. Do question. you think the state of the Oscars are actually changing? Oh, it is. Way? It is. I mean, yeah. 10 years ago, Moonlight doesn't win Best Picture. And with the broadening of who makes up the Academy, the members of the Academy is changing and it is evolving. And that's not going to happen overnight. No. But yeah, there's no way that 10 years ago we lived in a world where Moonlight won Best Picture. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, okay. And I also don't think that 10 years ago we live in a world where Peel and Gerwig get nominated for director. Yeah, so I agree with you there. I think that, yeah, it is changing. Do you think 10 years ago we would have had a movie with a lady fucking a fish get nominated? Oh, yeah, people are always into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got some fun tidbits for you oh, yeah. as well. This is the first year that a Netflix film has been nominated. Ah. Uh, Mudbound. It had a very limited theatrical lease, basically just enough to allow it. For Oscar, you know, yep. contention. This year marks Meryl Streep's 21st nomination. 21. Meryl, you boss. On the music side of things, we've got Alexander Desplat's ninth animation uh, nomination, Hans Zimmer's 11th, and John Williams' 51st. 51? He now holds the record, uh, the most nominations for any living person, Walt Disney with 59. Oh, Walt Disney. 59. Uh, this is Roger Deakins' 14th nomination. 14th without a win. 14th. Greta Gerwig is only the fifth female to ever be nominated for Best Director. And this is the first female to be nominated since Catherine Bigelow won eight years ago. And uh, Rachel Morrison is the first female cinematographer to ever be nominated. Ever. Ever. There's some fun tidbits for you. So let, let's get into it. Let's start doing some categories. What what category do you want to start with? You, let's you start lead the way. with... Let's. What about editing? So up for editing, yeah. We have Jonathan Amos and Paul McLeese. Probably got that last name wrong for Baby Driver. Yeah. We have Lee Smith for Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. We have Tatiana S. Regal. Actually, one of the categories at the Oscars where women have historically yeah, actually well. been recognised yeah. is editing. Uh, she's up for Itonia. We have Sydney Walinsky for The Shape of Water, and we have John Gregory for Three Billboards. Yes. Now this for me. I think is one of the toughest categories. Yeah, I agree. It is interesting that, as I said, this category is usually so tightly aligned with Best Picture, and yet here we've got two films that aren't even up for Best Picture. Did Baby Driver even get any other noms? 
See, that could be a contender just because of the story and the interest around how it was edited. Because very famously, it was all edited on location on set, as yeah. they shot, which in itself is an achievement. Yeah, like they wouldn't move on. Yeah. Right, right would be like, are we good to move on? Yes. And he'd have to have like cut the things. So, I and mean... That, that was Paul McLeese on set doing that. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, that does work to the music and, you've and, already picked. And that was kind of your offline edit. They would still then tweak it and clean it up. Yeah. But... That in itself is, I mean, that's... That's a pretty astonishing achievement. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, but personally, I think that Shape of Water is the best edited film of those. We spoke about that in our Shape of Water episode about how I thought the editing was very flowing. I didn't feel like there were any... Like, you you don't even notice the cuts. It just meanders from one shot to the next. There's always very good shot motivation. I mean... Could also go to Dunkirk. Yeah, I mean, they like, you know, Dunkirk's got the several stories happening at once, which people seem to be attracted to, I think. Yeah, in my opinion, Shape of Water should win. I think that Dunkirk will win. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I probably agree that Dunkirk's best placed. Um, I could see Shape of Water winning it in the scenario that it becomes, and this is just me guessing, that this year Shape of Water will be the, if I'm not sure who to vote for, Vote for Shape of I'm Water. I'm voting for Shape of Water. Makes sense. I could see that being a surprise win. But yeah, Dunkirk would be be my tip for it. Now, editing is one of those things for me as a category where I think most often gets confused with best. Mm-hmm. And even though Baby Driver is the most obvious kind of most edited, I'd vote for Baby Driver. Really? Because I do think that, one, it is really well edited. And if you go with that old thing of if the award is actually for... For achievement, the, for achievement in editing. Yeah, I'd gi- I would give it to them. Well, you want to hear what Sportsbet has to say? Sure. Because here we go. I've got the numbers right here. Uh, if you were betting on Baby Driver, you'd be getting three dollars sixty for your dollar. Dunkirk is in the lead at a dollar twenty-five. Wow, which that is, is almost short. a lock. And then from there, we go to Shape of Water at ten dollars ninety, and three billboards at thirty-nine dollars. Mm. How about we go on to visual effects? I was going to say, why don't we go to your home patch? Uh, so up for visual effects, we've got Planet of the Apes. The War 4. Yes. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Blade Runner 2049, Kong Skull Island, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. So the only one of these I haven't seen is Kong Skull Island because, wow, I did not want to see that film. Is... <laughs> well, the only one I haven't seen is Blade Runner 2049, which, wow, I really should see that film. <laughs> is Kong Skull Island what it kind of looked like from the trailer and there's just a bunch of digital noise being thrown uh, at you? Or... No, look, I have to say, actually, that the one saving grace of Kong Skull Island is the visual effects. And as far as visual effects and creature creation goes, whether digital know what they're doing. And that the ape is tremendous. I don't think it's the best of the bunch. I had a f- bunch of friends who worked on Guardians, so it's hard for me to say this, but I thought the movie was a turd and I wasn't impressed as impressed with the VFX. Um, like, I didn't think the VFX were anything great and I didn't think they were as good as Volume 1. For my money, I think War for the Planet of the Apes has it. It's I think pretty hard the, to go past them apes. I think the motion capture work in that is incredible. And again, that was done by Weta, who, as I said, know what they're doing. And especially when it comes to motion captured characters i just you, you just can't beat that achievement yeah the effects, almost the entire film is fake characters and they bring so much life to it the effects on in in blade runner are really really good yeah, i really be, do need to see it, it would get my second if i was if i was doing gold and silver medals yeah i would give the silver to blade runner but it is pretty hard to go past them apes all right sports bet uh, you know we'll, we'll go we'll go check yep <laughs> um very very tight They've got War for the Planet of the Apes at a dollar seventy-two. 
Blade Runner 2049 at $2.10. From there, you go to Star Wars Last Jedi at $9, uh, Guardians Volume 2 at $15, and Kong Skull Island at $21. And as we've talked about before, the effects that we liked in Star Wars, we really liked. Yeah. Oh, and they, some, and some, yeah. But some of it, we were like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think it deserves to be there in the conversation, but I, I oh, don't... Oh, yeah, I think... I, I think that realistically, this is a race between War for the Planet of the Apes and Blade Runner 2049, and the others are just nice nods. Hop on to cinematography. Let's do it. The one category that I really lose my shit at every year. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> are cinematography. You are first and foremost a cameraman. Like we, we've both worked in and around different fields, as you said. We both do editing, but I mean, you're but lighting and, and camera work is kind is, of my thing. Whereas I'm, I I pick up a camera and I shoot it, but. <laughs> Yeah, you I think lighting is for other people. <laughs> We've had this discussion before that I believe that you don't need to light. In my defense, I don't think that's for everything. I think that there are some things you should light. For instance, when you're indoors on a set. <laughs> you might want to throw you on a couple wanna, of oh, I don't know, you chuck a light on, yeah. you know, flick the switch. <laughs> so for cinematography, we have Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049. As Billy said earlier, it's his 14th nomination. Yep. He's yet to win. We have Bruno Delbanel. I'm probably getting that wrong for Darkest Hour. We have the magnificently named Hoyter Van Hoytema for Dunkirk. Uh, we have Rachel Morrison for Mudbound and Dan Lostson, Lostson for The Shape of Water. So, Rachel Morrison is the only American up this year. Yes. It's been six years since an American won Jeez, cinematography. Interesting. The great Rob Richardson picked up his third for Hugo six years ago, which I expect to continue this year. Because yeah. I think Mud, I think the cinematography in Mudbound is fantastic. I don't think Rachel Morrison's winning. Yeah. Um, look, I think that Deakins is getting his career Oscar. Again, I haven't seen Blade Runner 2049. I'm sure it looks beautiful, as all of his movies do. Of the ones that I've seen, I thought Dunkirk was good. I personally want Shape of Water to win, because I think the, the blending of the camera work and the visual effects because cinematography it's the entire look of the film yeah it's yeah it's worth keeping in mind that a director of photography is a department head yes you're a manager yeah you manage a lot of different things it's not just you know this camera goes here and this is the lens we're using uh and for me i thought the cinematography in shape of water was just gorgeous so but if i'm putting down if i'm ticking a box to say i think this will win i i think it's deacons for blade run 2049 mm. So I also think that Deacons will win because it's just gotten to this point where this is embarrassing. Yeah, I've kind of, I've gone back and forth over the over the past few weeks. I've gone back and forth a bunch between who I think should win because, as Deacons himself is at pains to point out, the cinematographer's job is not to create beautiful images; it's to serve the story. Yes. Now Deacons makes a habit out of stunning visuals that also perfectly serve the story. It's the exact same thing with what you were saying with Shape of Water. Yes. Shape of Water is a really good looking film and it's also and perfect it for the story. the story. Yeah, it fits the story it's telling. HVH's work in Dunkirk is brilliant. Like a bunch of, like a lot of that film is like the camera tells that story. Yeah. And it's one, a gorgeous film. Yes. And two, yeah, like, all right, this is on you. You've mm. got to do it. And I think I was on Dunkirk. I've swung back to Deacons. Okay. I've watched another couple of things and I was just like, oh my, and because it, it's been a while since I, um, I haven't seen Blade Runner 2049 since it was on at the movies. Yeah. And I was watching some stuff last week and just was reminded of how stunningly good the work on that film is. And yeah. if it is a career Oscar, I will sleep easily with it. 
Are you interested to hear what the bookies have to say? Hit me. They've got Blade Runner 2049 at $1.25, yeah, right. which is pretty damn close to a lock, because the next one on the list is Dunkirk at $5.60. Um, all right. Well, I guess if we're moving up, then let's go... Moving on. Let's you don't go... move up from cinematography. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're uh... going down the hill now. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's go adapted screenplay. Yep. Nominated for that, we've got Call Me By Your Name, Molly's Game, The Disaster Artist, Logan, and Mudbound. My money is all of the money on Call Me By Your Name. Absolutely. I I think that's a lot. I haven't seen Mudbound, but I mean, of the ones I've seen, I think that Call Me By Your Name is the only contender. Um, I thought Molly's game was a turd. I thought the you disaster... You didn't think it was a turd. You have it five out of ten. <laughs> yeah. You thought it was a movie. <laughs> yeah. It, like, I don't think it should be in this competition, though. Like, I think as a movie, it's fine, but it's not... It's not a I bad agree. screenplay. I agree. Uh, I thought The Disaster Artist was okay, but not what I was hoping for. I'm all about Call Me By Your Name this year. Do you want to hear what, what the bookies say? I'm guessing that it's about a dollar eight, Mate, a dollar twelve. Oh, <laughs> I was way off. So, yep, they agree that Call Me By Your Name is a lock. Yep. Because after that, you've got Mudbound at $8.10, Molly's Game at $11.50, Logan at $13.50, and The Disaster Artist at nineteen seventy five. So, Call Me By Your Name is getting that award. That's happening. <laughs> that is happening. The Bears have told you so. It's at $1.12, so you've got to put a million dollars on it to win any money anyway. <laughs> All right. So, we've been of no use. No. We're useless, as always. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got original screenplay. Yes. And after this, we've got The Big Sick, Get Out, Ladybird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards, which, geez, again, I think this is a tough category this is a good category this is good um even though it was my favorite film of the year i think shape of water is probably the weakest of those screenplays and i say favorite film of the year that was before i saw ladybird which i think actually takes it for mm. me and i think that that screenplay is tremendous i mean this this is this is really tough what this are your is, thoughts man, this is a really good category I think that Three Billboards is going to win it. I don't think that it should. My money is on Three Billboards because I think that screenplay is another one of those things like editing where most can mean... Yes. Where most equates and, and, the best. And, and it is the most written yeah. of and those I love, screenplays. I love the screenplay for Three yeah, Billboards. Yeah, I think it's great, but I, it's not what I would be voting for. I probably couldn't go past Get Out. I think that Get Out... And I think that Get Out could be the sneaking winner. I think the Get Out has a really good chance of sneaking in there. And particularly because all of these screenplays are quite strong, I don't think there's one that all members of the Academy are rushing to vote for. Hmm. So I think that the votes are going to be spread fairly yeah. thin across all of them. Because like we were talking... Which will leave one as the surprise. With the fact that the member base of the Academy is cha has changed and yeah. will continue to change, yep. there's no longer that thing where you're like, okay... Put yourself in the body of a 60-year-old white man. What do I vote for? Yeah. You can't quite do that anymore. No. Thankfully. Exactly. So I personally, if it was if it was the Billy and Topher Awards, I would like Lady Bird or The Big Sick to win. But I think it's going to be three billboards and I'd be very, very happy if Get Out snuck it in. Mm. I think it'll be three billboards. And to be honest, I won't be upset about that. But if it was me, yeah, Get Out. The bookies. Oh my. Oh my. Ooh. Uh, this is not what I was expecting. They have Get Out in the lead right. at $2.29. Then they've got Lady Bird at $2.90 with three billboards in third place at $3.50. That being said, all three of those numbers are very, very close together. So <laughs> I think they're thinking the same as us. Shape of Water then at $13.50 and The Big Sick at $27. So I guess we're into our actors now. 
Why don't we start off with a category that I think is just absolutely stacked. This is so strong, Best mm-hmm. Supporting Actress. Uh, yeah, I agree. This is... So we've got Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Alison Janney for I, Tonya, Leslie Manville for Fandom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Ladybird, and Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. Yeah, I think that along with Screenplay, this will be one of the toughest. Uh, for a long time, I thought that uh, Janney was a lock. So Janney's um, won, she won the SAG... Yeah, uh, and she won the Golden Globe. Yes, she's kind of been running the table for awards season. Although Metcalf could be a very strong contender, I really enjoyed Octavia Spencer in Shape of Water, but I think that she's probably the the fifth one. I agree, actually, and yeah. that's and like that is saying something. That's saying something because we both thought fifth, she because I thought she was outstanding. Um, like Mary J. Blige is fantastic in Mudbound. Mm. She's so good. So this this is tough. Uh, you know, Alison Janney is great in everything, and she is in Itonia, but it, it is a fairly one-note role. Like, what um, she's got, she knocks out of the park. Yeah, but, geez, see, I think that Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird had a lot more range, and I think, in a lot of ways, they're similar roles, because they're kind of nasty mothers, but I think with Laurie Metcalf, you also get that... The, you know the the love showing through. Yeah, so I, I think like, it's I don't harder think of, to. I don't think of the mum in Lady Bird as a nasty mum. No, she's no, just no. a mum. She's just a mum, which I think is much harder to portray. So my money is on Laurie Metcalf, but I wouldn't be surprised if this went any which way. I think I think the I think the role is on, and Alison Janney just cleans up. You reckon it's Alison Janney? I do, and like I love Alison Janney. Yeah. I oh, I love. I'd, I'd be happy and for her I, to win. With the fact that I'll, if Alison Janney has an Oscar, yeah, happy days. If, if it was me, I'm probably ju- I'm probably going Laurie Metcalf. Yep. But like, it's so hard. To like, and this is one of the things that the, the madness of the Oscars and, and award season in general is like, they're such in terms of tone and everything. And here I'm just talking about Janney and Metcalf. Oh yeah, they're completely they're different. So films. different. The films are so different. The roles are so different. The, and and yet, they you're both, meant to compare one. Yeah, with they another. both absolutely nail it. And you've got to say that one's better than the other. It is kind of madness. Yeah. Having said that, I'm going to do it and say that I think Metcalf should win. <laughs> but you think Janny will win? I think Janny will win. How close do you reckon the sports bet odds are, my friend? I'm guessing that Janny's got a pretty clear lead here. Like $1.80? Uh, actually clearer than that. Alice and Janny's at $1.33. Uh, then you've got Laurie Metcalf at $4. Mary J. Blige and Octavia Spencer both at $11. And Leslie Manville at $13. Manville is fantastic. Well, I mean, Fred. when you look at the other categories we've seen, most of the time that fifth slot's $20 plus. So yeah. the fact that she's only 13 shows that, you know, she's, it's anyone's game. Oh, she's so good. All right. Uh, how about we move on to supporting actor supporting then while we're actor. at the supporting? Um, so for this, you've got we've Willem got Dafoe. Michael Stuhlbarg. The- oh, no, we don't. <laughs> you threw me off there. I was like, oh, shit, he's not on my list. <laughs> Uh, you've got Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Strong category. I loved Richard Jenkins, but he's not a contender, I don't think. I haven't seen All the Money in the World. You have, haven't you? I have, and Christopher Plummer's good. At the end of the day, this nomination is just a fuck you to Spacey and a pat on the back for the Academy for doing the right thing by not promoting a sex pest. Mm. Um, as if they had any other choice. I, like, if it hadn't been for the reshoots, he wouldn't be nominated. Okay. Because it's a fine role, but it's... If you're going to nominate anyone from that movie, then it it would have been... Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, who is... Typically. Typically wonderful. Yeah. Who is just about the only... I mean, you know, she's up against fucking Marky Mark. Can't act for shit. 
but she, good in the departed yeah he is great in the departed but she actually brings reality to a movie with marky mark yeah. in it so Michelle williams is just great. so christopher Plummer, you know for my money he shouldn't even be there that should be ray romano it should be ray romano <laughs> yeah it definitely should be ray romano like alice and Janney. I think, Sam Rockwell I think Rockwell's does a lock. Have all the momentum. I think he's. I think he's a lock, and not only that. I. I think of this list, he does deserve it. I think his character does have a lot of range and growth. I think he did a wonderful job with it. I loved Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project as well, but it's not as showy of a role. Yeah. So I think this is actually really similar to. I think both the supporting categories are really similar. Yeah. Where the lock would appear to be the biggest performance yes and that's i don't mean that as a sledge it's no, no just how it is whereas the potential spoiler in this case willem dafoe yes is the more grounded see because the very early buzz was all about willem dafoe yeah and at that time probably the florida project had more talk in general so willem dafoe is for people in the academy that did love the florida project willem dafoe is their only chance to give something to the florida project yes that's willem's willem yeah, we're, we're mates. Yeah, I love you, Willem. Yeah. <laughs> that, so that's something that's probably in his favour is chance, that if I you think. really loved the Florida Project and are like us upset it didn't get any other norms, yeah. this is a way to say, hey, this is a great movie. And and like with the last category we talked about, like how on earth do you say which you think is better out of Rockwell and Defoe? Yeah, like, because so Defoe is such different. an understated performance. Yeah. It's you know. Look, I th- I think that the votes are going to lean towards Rockwell, so that's where my money is. I don't know how to split Defoe and Rockwell if I was voting. Yeah. I really don't. Like, I, I think Ro- I'm I I think Sam Rockwell is just awesome, and I will be happy if when he has an Oscar. So I'm kind of happy either way in this yeah. category. All right. Well, Sportsbet have Rockwell at a dollar thirty, Defoe at four dollars, mm. which are almost the exact same numbers we saw for Jenny and Metcalf in yeah. supporting actors. The order they've got them in is probably the order that the votes are going to go. Uh, but yeah, there is always that chance for Defoe to sneak in, I reckon. Sports betting places are famously good at their job. Oh yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> There's a reason they're still in business. They don't want and to have lose all money. of your money. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. We're on to we're getting close to the big ones. Uh, do you want to go actor or actress first? Why don't we go actress? So for this, we've got Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, Margot Robbie for I, Tonya, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water and Meryl Streep for The Post. And my God, this is another stacked category. Isn't it just? I think that this could be the absolute toughest category of all of them, only because I think... I don't, I'm not saying that I think she should win, but I think a lot of the Academy probably think that McDormand has it in the bag. Which could mean that you should see, you could see some votes going away from her from people who were like, "Ah, oh, she's got it anyway," or you know, like. Mm. I think it's in the bag. You think it's I think in the this bag? Is a mortal lock. Look, for I, Francis McDormand. I mean, despite Saoirse the Ronan, that's in there, Saoirse Ronan is absolutely fantastic in Lady Bird. Sally Hawkins is Sally just Hawkins is fantastic in, shape in the of water. Shape of Water. Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. Like Meryl I think Streep. there's some kind like no one's really talked. I don't. Well, sorry, that I've heard really. I haven't spoken to too many people about. Meryl Streep in the post because it's almost like there's some familiarity for yeah look I mean as it's like it, Meryl Streep is brilliant in the post but it's like oh yeah well the sun rose Meryl Streep's great well we as, know as as I said earlier to me a Spielberg historical drama with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks it just doesn't interest me and I'm sure it's good I'm sure she's great in it but I mean 
at some point, can't she just go, please stop nominating me? She doesn't care if but she wins But that's not a reason loses. not to nominate her. If Meryl Streep's in the best five performances of the year, which <laughs> she tends to be, <laughs> then you nominate her. Yeah, I guess. Otherwise, well, I it's mean, fraudulent. I thought Margot Robbie was fantastic in Itonia as well. I thought that she was very, very, very good. So I think Margot Robbie suffers from the same thing Leo did for a long time. She's so pretty that people forget she can act. So I don't, I don't think she's a contender in this for that reason. I think that Sally Hawkins will probably be forgotten about for that performance, even though she was great and that movie was great. I just have a feeling that people are going to kind of... Because she's kind of... If you think about Shape of Water, you're kind of overshadowed by the fish man. You kind of forget about her a little bit, I think. I think it's, in reality, between McDormand and Ronan, but I, yeah, I think McDormand probably has it in the bag. Yeah, I also think that Ronan's probably the closest competitor, but yeah, this this is McDormand's award. How close do you think they are in sports bets? I will say that McDormand is at $1.25. You're not far off, and I was wrong with how close I thought they'd be. So Francis McDormand at $1.14, then you've got nothing till Saoirse Ronan at 8 bucks. Mm. Uh, Sally Hawkins at 13 Margot Robbie at 21 and Meryl Streep at $51. Um, we mentioned before, so Meryl Streep's 21st nomination. Like, I mean, holy shit. Also, amazingly, Saoirse Ronan is 23 and this oh, is yeah, her she's third... Yeah. This is her third nomination. I know. At 23. I know. And she like, deserves all three of them. For everyone like us who has no talent, <laughs> it's been sucked into people like Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hop in a best actor then. Do you think there's a lot of suspense in this category? <laughs> yeah, this is um, the Gary Oldman Award. Award season has just been Gary Oldman appreciation months. Like, which this <sighs> is done and dusted. I think is shit. You haven't <laughs> even seen it. I how, haven't what, seen how are you it. even having an opinion on this? Because it's that cookie cutter Oscar bait crap. Says the person who hasn't <laughs> seen the performance. What did you think of it, Toph? The film itself is fine. But yeah. we're not talking about the film. We're talking yeah. about Gary Oldman. You're right. We're talking about Gary Oldman. And I'm sure he's great in it. He's great. So should I watch this movie based on his performance alone? Yes. But that okay. is the reason to watch the movie. It's just to sit there and go, Gary Oldman's really good at his job. Okay. I'll check it out. Because, I mean... Which, again, not saying it's a bad movie. I liked it. But the reason to watch it is Gary Oldman. All right. So uh, other people in this category. You've got Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. P.S. One of us knows that his name is Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Well, then why is it spelt that way? <laughs> yeah. you, should you should probably call him up. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. And Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. And boy, is that a weird nomination. So the, that's the only one of these I haven't seen. Have you heard of it? <laughs> um, I've, I heard a bit about it, and I heard that Denzel Washington was really, really good. I'm sure he's great in it. Which is no surprise Yeah, to I'm sure he's great in it. Of the others, man, that's a... Strong category. Well, apparently not because it's the Gary Oldman Award. I, yeah, but that's I think the same as as we'll get to director. Yeah, it can be a strong category, but also have a lock. Yes, I pers I personally think that Daniel Kaluuya is um great. I would I would like for him to win, but I think he's probably the second lowest in the odds after Denzel. I think that this is a lock. I don't think there's any point even talking about it anymore. Well, we can talk about it because there's some great stuff in there that we haven't talked about in another episode. Let's talk about it then. So both Call Me By Your Name and Phantom Thread, we haven't talked about on this show, the lead performances in those films are well and truly beyond being good. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name yet, but from Lady Bird, I'm all about Timothy Chalamet. And I think he's great. Timothy Chalamet's performance in Call Me By Your Name puts his performance in Lady Bird in the shade. Yeah, right. He's phenomenal. Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread is Daniel Day -Lewis. has not he's... been talked about much. Yeah. And I don't know why. 
Yeah, right. I, I, I think I think it's the same reason you were saying that you haven't heard anyone talk about Meryl about Street. Meryl Street. Because he is Daniel Day-Lewis and nobody expects anything different. You know, a Daniel Day-Lewis performance is out of this world, but th- that's that's just him. Yep. So why would you talk about it? Yeah. And I, so I watched Phantom Thread only, uh, only a few days ago. And there's times, like there were times where I was sitting there looking at the screen and couldn't help but think... How is this Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York? Yeah. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis... Just becomes the character he is. ...is a freak of nature. He is just phenomenal. Yeah. And the fact that we... If he sticks to what he, I assume he means at the moment, which yeah. is that this is it, Never that this is, the, this is the last one we get, um, it actually surprises me that people aren't kind of treasuring this a bit more and talking about it more because it's every bit what you expect from a Daniel Day-Lewis performance. Yeah. Which is to say, for me, it is the best performance in this category. Yeah, right. I think, like, Gary Oldman will win, and to be honest, his performance in Darkest Hour Deserves is absolutely Oscar-worthy. It's does, absolute... it des- does it deserve to win of the ones that are nominated? To deserve to win, you've got to be the best of the year, so I'd have to say no. But is it Oscar-worthy? Yeah. Absolutely. He's, okay. he's phenomenal. Unfortunately, there's this guy in the room called Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Shall I end the suspense? So Gary Oldman, I presume, is at like a dollar twelve. Is it a dollar five? So if if you want to earn five cents on every dollar, go bet on Oldman because he's <laughs> getting his award. All right, so we're moving on to director. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Chris Nolan for Dunkirk. We have Jordan Peele for Get Out. We have Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. We have the always great Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and we have Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Now, here's another fairly stacked category. Yeah, it is a good group, isn't it? Um, Interesting little tidbit here. Every director in this category is also the writer of their film. First time that's ever happened. Um, That is a fun tidbit. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson is the only one in there with a previous nomination, which when you think Nolan and Del Toro, Mm. that's kind of surprising. Yeah, and and you've got two first-time directors in this category as well. Yep, yep. Um, And increasingly in recent times... Like I mean, director and best picture really did used to go hand in hand. It was a shock, yeah, when they didn't. Increasingly, like over the last five to seven years or something, often as not, it's been split up. Yeah, uh, you think of you know Gravity winning best director. You think of Argo not even being nominated for best director. Like yep. it's happened a bunch. Yeah, it has. Um, the Revenant, of course, won director but not picture. I think this category is tight because this. I mean, for my money, this could go any which way. Like I think. Greta Gerwig has a really good shot. I think Jordan Peele has a really good shot. I think Guillermo is a lock. So do I. And I, I actually don't think there's any suspense in this category. Well, no, I think there is only because you don't know the voters. I think that Guillermo... I mean, not only do I think he's a lock, I think his film was directed absolutely beautiful. I, I, I think he should win, but... I, like, this this could go any way. So Guillermo del Toro, yeah, he recently won at the DGA. I think this is done and dusted. This is Guillermo del Toro's award. Yeah? Yep. All right. Yeah, I don't mean... Which, for me, I'm not saying I think he's that far ahead of the pack, because I don't think that. I just think that, yeah, voting-wise, I think Guillermo has this. I agree with you that he will, he will probably win, and I do think he deserves to, but I think that there's probably more suspense in this category than we think. But let's, let's check what the odds say. And fuck me, I was wrong. <laughs> Is Guillermo at... Is it in the dollar twenties? Oh my god, you're good at this game. <laughs> He's at a dollar twenty-two, my friend. Uh, Nolan is not 
terribly far behind with $3.75. Yeah. Which surprises me because I would have thought that Greta Gerwig would hold that second place. She's in third at $9. Jordan Peele, $34. Um, so they think he has no shot. And Paul Thomas Anderson at 51 bucks. Oh, PTA. So why are you even at the awards, PTA? Don't turn up, mate. Go Don't to, go. Go to a bar. Just let a seat warmer take the seat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we are at the big one, then. Mm, we get to the pointy end. The bestest picture. All nine nominees. Yep. Three billboards. Shape of Water, Lady Bird, Get Out, The Post, Phantom Thread, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name. Nine of them. Nine. Count them. Nine. Ooh, feel like we're into tomorrow. Not eight. Nine. <laughs> so this, I think for, for most of award season, this seemed like a straight fight between Shape of Water and Three Billboards. In my initial notes that I have written down here, which I wrote about three or four weeks ago, I wrote that I think the only ones that actually have a shot... Uh, three billboards, Shape of Water, and Ladybird, and yeah, I think that that has changed in the three weeks. I think that due to the the climate in Hollywood at the moment, I think that Get Out could very easily win. And I think, I mean, to be honest though, I think Ladybird could just as easily win. I don't, I don't even really see Shape of Water as a as a contender. I think he's getting Best Director, but I don't think it's going to get Best Picture. Interesting. So. If Shape of Water wins Best Picture, it will be the first time in 22 years that a film that was not nominated for Best Ensemble at the SAG Awards won. Because yeah. actors are the biggest block in the membership of, of the Academy, so yeah. you do need the love from actors. Now, it does. It strikes me as strange that it wasn't up yeah, for Yeah, because ensemble. the ensemble are very strong. Yeah, but it's a rarity to yeah. not... Yeah, to be to be not nominated for that and win Best Picture. Having said that, I think Shape of Water is winning. See, I don't even think it has a shot. I really don't. I honestly think that at the moment it's between three billboards, Lady Bird and Get Out. We've had three billboards take up both the Golden Globe and the BAFTA. Uh, now, Golden Globe by no means marries up with Best Picture at the Oscars. And the BAFTA award, I think, kind of has an asterisk next to it because... It's a film made by a British guy, which, you know, I think does give it more weighting at the BAFTAs. So it's kind of got that momentum. But despite the fact that it's won both of them, I don't think it means that it's any kind of lock for the Oscar by any stretch. Shape of Water, of course, has won both the Producers Guild and the Directors Guild Awards in the States, which is some nice momentum. I don't think that Darkest Hour or The Post are contenders. I don't really think Phantom Thread is a contender. Um, I don't think Dunkirk really has a shot. I'll tell you why I think Dunkirk is in the conversation. With the newer members, I think their votes will be spread across a lot of different films. Yes. Whereas going back to our where you used to, if you were tipping the Oscars, you channel you your 60-year-old it... white man. Yeah, yeah. Their votes, and they're still that's still a fair chunk of the Academy. mm that's kind of some that's some candy there for the old white man, I think, Dunkirk. Yeah, right. And it could still get a lot of votes from that chunk, I think. As well as that, you've got to think about the fact that Best Picture is done by preference voting. You don't just vote for your favourite film, you rank the films. Dunkirk, I think, is a film that this is going to help out um, since the kind of preference voting came in. It, it does open the door for films that are widely liked, even if they're not as absolutely loved. I think those two things do open the door for Dunkirk. Okay. 
I think if if I'm putting money on it right here, right now, I'm betting on Ladybird. I would like the big sick to win. But that's hard to do from outside <laughs> the nominees. Yeah, Historically. I, 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 I'm going to put my money on Ladybird at this time. What are you going with? I think Shape's got it. You think Shape of Water's got it? Yeah. Should we check the odds? Let's do it. Yeah, mate. I, th- you, I mean, you could be right. For some reason, even though Three Billboards won the globe, in my head I was like, oh, I don't know how much of a shot it's got. But it's in its second place with Shape of Water at first. Hmm. So we've got Shape of Water at $1.62, Three Billboards at two fifty, Ladybird at $8, Get Out at $11. And then we go way down from there, The Post at 23 Dunkirk at 26 Call Me By Your Name at 41 Phantom Thread and Darkest Hour both at 67 The bookies agree with you that Shape of Water's good for it. What was the actual number for Shape of Water? Dollar sixty-two. And they have get out at fourth still at $11. So if you go and buy the bookies, then it doesn't really have a chance. But I still think that it could sneak in there. My, my vote's for Ladybird, though, if I'm voting, which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of this. Indeed. We'll Look. wait and see whether there are any absolute shocks in this. We'll wait and see. So, as mentioned on Monday, going forward, the show will no longer be called Bears on Film. Is that right, Tove? That's right. What are we going to be called? We watched a thing, and we will have watched a thing. Will we have watched a thing next week? Because we actually didn't watch a thing today. Oh, uh, yeah. What are we watching? <laughs> we'll be watching Red Sparrow. That's right. So, going forward, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or at wewatchedathing on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can pipe in with something there? No, I was done. All right, catches. Oh.